You're listening to the Psalms for Sojourners podcast, in which we look at the Psalms as prayers for God's people on every occasion. We hope it's a blessing to you. Hi, and thanks for listening to another episode of Psalms for Sojourners. My name is Cole Kirby, and I am a pastor at Sojourn Montrose and the regular host of this podcast. And this week, I was just thinking about what would be a helpful thing to discuss regarding the Psalms. And we've said throughout this podcast a lot of things that are true about the Psalms, that the Psalms are the prayers and hymns of God's people, that they give us voice to pray to God on every occasion, whether we are experiencing sorrow and lament or joyfulness and praise. Um, And they're the prayers of Christ, and they, they speak to uh, the life and experience of Christ and the hope we have in Him. Uh, they give us the ability to pray rightly and faithfully before God. And all of these things are true. But one thing that we try to communicate a lot at Sojourn is, is that the Bible is a unified story and that it's, that it's all driving in the same direction, which is the redemption of all things in Jesus Christ. In a collection of 150 psalms or prayers or poems or songs, in the middle of the Bible might seem to be an interruption in the unified story uh, that, that is being told through the Spirit about humanity and relationship to God, or rather God and His relationship to humanity. But if we actually step back and take a 30,000-foot look at the Psalms, what we'll see is, is while they are a collection of poems or songs, they are also an intricate and important piece in the midst of God giving us the story of his redemption and what he's doing in the world through Jesus. And so I just wanted to take a few moments to talk about those themes. What do we see in the Psalms and and how do they sit within the scriptures as part of the unified story of, of what God is doing from Genesis to Revelation? And so I'm going to start with really two words that, that in some ways define the Psalms, lament and praise. Now, almost every psalm in the Psalter could be described as a psalm of lament or a psalm of praise, lament being a psalm which speaks to sorrow and despair and disappointment, a a psalm which speaks to the realities of living in a fallen and sinful world. And then there are psalms of praise, praise meaning giving glory to God and, and worshiping God for His goodness and His many attributes, making much of what God has done in the past and showing love and mercy and kindness to His people and, and worshiping God for what He's promised to do in the future. And so there are psalms of lament and psalms of praise. And, and if we really took account of, of the psalms and how they're ordered, what we would see is a gradual theme of lament to praise. From beginning to end, there is lament. In the first half of the Psalms, 
most of the psalms are psalms of lament. There are certainly psalms of praise sprinkled in. But about halfway through the Psalter, we see a shift where most of the psalms become psalms of praise. And even the last five psalms, Psalms 146 through 150, are this, these unified chorus of, of hallelujah over and over and over, giving worship to God, saying praise be to God. And so, so what that tells us is that what God is doing in the world is he's turning sorrow into joy. He's turning suffering into abundance. He's turning death into life. Our lament is being turned into praise because of what God is doing in the world. This is the progressive thrust of God's kingdom. There are other big themes in the Psalms that are helpful to note. God's power and eternal attributes, his love, his mercy, his justice, his wrath, his forgiveness is all throughout the Psalms. The Psalms are teaching us about who God is. There is the giant theme of the king, the messianic king, this future king who will judge the nations, who will give prosperity and peace to God's people, who will lead God's people in triumphal procession and worship in the temple forever. This theme that God is king over all creation. And David is presented as a prefigure of this future messianic king who we know to be Jesus Christ. There's a theme of God's glory covering the whole earth. Creation, the nations, all things are going to be covered by God's glory, by his love, by his revealed holiness. And so this is something that we can expect. And there's themes of looking back at redemptive history, especially the story of the Exodus, of God freeing his people from slavery in Egypt and leading them to a promised land of rest. And there's a lot of looking back, primarily because the Psalms are a forward-looking book. We look back so we can look forward to what God is going to do. There is this continual hope in a future kingdom a future king, a future reality that's even better than God giving his people the promised land after slavery in Egypt. And so then, with those things in mind, we need to look at how the Psalms are organized, not just in this gradual theme of lament being turned into praise, but the Psalms are organized into five books. And and the first book really begins in Psalm 3 because the first two psalms, Psalms 1 and 2, set up the foundation for the entire book. The first psalm says, Blessed is the man who delights and meditates in the law of the Lord. And so the, the a major theme in the psalms is that, is that we ought to delight and take pleasure in God's word that we ought to meditate it on it at all times. Because if we do, it will go well for us. We will know the Lord more deeply. We will be able to obey his commands. And then the second psalm is all about taking refuge in the king, the future king, the messianic king. And so this is the foundation of the psalms, that we are to be a people who delight in God's word, we meditate on God's word, and we find our hope and take refuge and find our safety 
in the coming messianic king or in our day and age, the revealed messianic king, Jesus Christ. And so then there are the five books of the Psalms. The first book is Psalm 3 through Psalm 41. And the theme of this is a call to covenant faithfulness, right? A call to be faithful to the God who has made covenant with us. Be faithful to the God who has been faithful to us. And so this is a theme. and it, This is the beginning of the Psalter is be faithful to the Lord because he has been faithful to you. And then book two is thematically about hope for restoration. Hope for restoration. These are Psalms 42 through 72. There is hope for restoration to return to temple worship in Zion. And so this is an exiled people hoping for a time when they can return to Zion or Jerusalem and worship in the temple. And the hope for that is found in this future king who will be revealed, this future Messiah. And so there's going to be a future king who will restore God's people to right worship in the temple. And worship in the temple and being returned to Zion is not just about being able to worship God in the temple. It's about having God's temple in the midst of his people. In other words, having God dwell in the midst of his people. And so ultimately, there's this hope that God will dwell again among his people, that they will be restored into a place of rest through the work of a future king. And then book three is the promise of the messianic kingdom versus the downfall and exile of David's kingdom. And so we're, we're moving from hoping for this to revealing, to realizing that this is a promise, that God is promising that there is a coming kingdom. And, and there's all sorts of ways in which language of the prover, I mean, of the prophets is being used in these Psalms. That, that there is a messianic kingdom that is coming and that it will be better and more glorious and fully restore all the fortunes of God's people who are in exile, who are experiencing downfall, who have gone to stray after worthless idols in David's kingdom and the, following, the kings following David, that one day there will be a messianic king who will restore God's kingdom forever. These are Psalms 73 through 89. And then book four, Psalms 90 through 106, is all about God reigning as king over all the earth. And so there's this theme of, of, okay, we're hoping for this kingdom. No, the kingdom is promised. And when it comes, God will reign as king over all the earth. And he already does. Like he already reigns as king over all the earth. And the people of Israel knew this, but there was a way in which his reigning as king would be more obvious, more pronounced, more victorious when the coming king comes. And so there's this 
concept that when Jesus arrives on the scene, when finally God gives his people the Messiah, that God is going to reign as king over all the earth, that, that, that nations who torment Israel will bow down before God, that, that the wicked will be slain in God's wrath, and that those whom God loves and has chosen will be vindicated, will experience peace, will experience prosperity in God's kingdom because they are God's people and he is king. And then the book ends with book five. These are Psalms 107 through 145. And the theme here is that God is going to crush evil and he will establish his messianic kingdom and his word will be at the center. And so that is found in the ordering of these Psalms. So Psalms 107 through 145, right at the center is Psalm 119. And Psalm 119, we know, is the longest psalm in the Bible. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. It's an alphabet poem in which each, it's made up of many poems, many verses on each alphabet of the Hebrew, um, each letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And it's a love song to God's word. It's all about how good God's word is, how good the revealed word of God in the scriptures is. And that's at the center of God crushing evil and establishing his kingdom. And, and, and there's something really beautiful here because what we know as Christians is, is that in John 1, the writer of John tells us, that Jesus is the word, that at the center of crushing evil and establishing a kingdom is the word of God, but the word is revealed in the person of Jesus. The king is the word. And so when Psalms 1 and 2 tell us to meditate on God's word and take refuge in the king, those things are deeply intertwined because they are both in some ways the same thing. We meditate on the word of God, which is revealed in the person of Jesus, and we take refuge in the king of God, who is Jesus Christ. And so the book ends with God crushing evil, establishing his kingdom, and his word is at the center. And this leads us to the final five poems in the book of Psalms, Psalms 146 through 150, and all of them essentially end with the refrain of hallelujah, which means praise be to God. And so the Psalms begin with a call to faithfulness, put your hope in the King, which leads into these Psalms of lament, which slowly turn into Psalms of praise. And by the end, God has crushed evil. He's established his kingdom. And the only thing left to do is to praise him over and over and over. And so the Psalms aren't just a collection of prayers and poems. They don't only teach us how to pray. They are a telling of God's redemption, that God has always had a plan for restoring his people to fullness of joy, to fullness of worship, and he's doing it through his king, revealing it through his word, and his people's lament will be turned into praise. And so... So I hope that gives us, as a church or wherever you are and whoever you might be listening to this, a little bit of a more robust view of the Psalms and to realize that, that the Psalms' place in the Bible isn't, they're not an outlier. 
in the scriptures. They are perfectly in line with everything else that God has revealed to us from Genesis to Revelation. They are ultimately about calling us to put our hope in God through Jesus, that we might dwell in his kingdom forever, having rest, being freed from our enemies, being forgiven of our sins, and worshiping him forever. I hope that's helpful to you. I hope you have a good week, and we'll be back next week, I believe, with another interview-style podcast. But be well. Be well.